Hello, and welcome to Origin Gate uh, Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is John Usry, and uh, today I'm going to be sharing on the gold in your field. Um, it's a title that the Lord gave me out of an encounter that I experienced one evening, and uh, the pathway to how I came to this is rather interesting. A lot of it has to do with my testimony. Um, the last time we got together, I shared some areas of testimony and um, about the curtain, uh, going into the backyard and feeling the curtain separating heaven and earth uh, was right in front of me, and, and it was pretty amazing. But there's a lot of preview that built up to that that I didn't talk about. So I want to give you the uh, abridged version of my testimony and then go into what the gold in your field is all about. Um, I was born uh, in 1960 and um, born again in 1974, although in 1968, walking through the woods of Maine, I had an encounter with God. I knew he was real. I looked at a new little pine tree bursting up through the uh, pine needles in the forest, and all of a sudden I had this realization of who God was and Yahweh was real, and that began my journey. Um, At 14, I had heard that you need to find Jesus, and so I had been reading the Bible every night for about two and a half months, and every night I'd go to bed lying on my bed saying, God, you've got to save me. God, please save me. Please save me. And I apparently didn't really have an understanding of grace. By faith are ye saved. It's the gift of God. Because I kept bugging him, and I didn't. I missed a piece there. I said, God, you've got to save me. You've got to save me. And literally about two and a half months in, finally, uh he dumped a load of something on me, this euphoric ecstasis of presence that just, I, I, I just knew instantaneously, I was suddenly that I was saved, that he had me in the bosom of his hand. And uh, then fast forward, have some years of being stupid as a teenager and uh, got into a lot of trouble. And, and um, uh, anyway, uh, fast forward up till... Uh, my Christmas in my 18th year and uh, my mother lived in another city uh, some hours away and my two sisters were with her and I decided to go up and visit for Christmas and she uh, didn't have anything at that time um, and I took some presents up and I, and she just didn't have much to work with financially and yet Christmas morning rolled around and I opened up a present and it was a leather bound Thompson chain reference Bible with my name imprinted on it with gold leaf. And I looked at it thinking, man, I know that cost her a lot. And back in those days, it was a whole lot of money, 50, 60 bucks back a long time ago. And I asked her, I said, why would you do this? This is a lot of gift, you know? And I wasn't following God. I wasn't really interested in God at that point. And she said the one thing that made sense to me that she couldn't have said nothing else probably. And she says, every household needs a good Bible. And so I wanted you to have one to start your journey of your life. And I thought, well, okay, I can do that. Well, the funny thing was I was up visiting out of town from where I normally was. And I didn't have anything to do for four days. So guess what? I read the Bible. I read the book of John, the book of James, and the book of Revelation. And I read the magnificence of foundations made of jewels and didn't understand a lot of it but something somehow in those books captured my heart and say father i need you i've got to turn my way back to you and that night he made himself real to me again and and i knew 
that I was in him and he was in me and that he had my heart. And so as I got ready to leave, she said, go find a good church. And so I looked in the phone book and found a church and it turned out to be a great big old church. And I thought, I don't really want to do this, but it was where I needed to be for a season of time. Uh, about three weeks later, she said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, no, should I go do that? And she said, yeah. And so the next day I had some friends who were talking about, hey, we're going down to this meeting in downtown San Diego. And they, they minister people to get to the Holy Spirit and get the Holy Spirit. And I thought, oh, okay, I guess I need that, you know. And I went down there with them, and it was Charles and Francis Hunter. They called them the Happy Hunters in those days. And uh, it was pretty um, uh, amazing experience. I, I felt this huge thing dump on me and in me and through me that I literally felt like I was levitating three feet off the floor, this euphoric, giddy uh, thing that I don't know how to describe. Some of the old saints call it ecstasis, and I, and I can only say that it, that describes it well. Um, and so that started my journey, just praying in the Spirit, reading the Word, uh, just hungry for all things God. About a year later, I was in church one day, and I turned and looked to my right over a few sections, and there was this um, girl that had her hands raised up in the air, and I had a new goal. I, I need to meet that girl, and ended up getting married the next year uh, to my wife, Debbie, and this year will be 40 years of marriage. We have uh, five kids and six grandkids with two more on the way. They actually may be here by the time this recording is out. Uh, and uh, so that's that's my crew and uh, anyway I went through life I was involved in pastoring associate pastoring worked as uh, secretary treasurer for full gospel businessmen's chapter in San Diego did all kinds of outside areas of ministry started businesses worked various jobs uh, the life of raising kids and be having a family and and just learning how to do life and um, ended up involved co-pastoring a church and uh, um, did that for some time. And finally, in about 2000, connected up with another group of people and, and just went for rest for a while to be involved but not be involved. I was kind of burnt out on the whole church thing and uh, frustrated. So I poured my life into my business, poured my life into uh, work and the things I was doing. And um, uh, I ended up uh, doing a marketing job for title insurance companies, working with lenders and realtors and providing title insurance services and those kind of things. And it was, a, it was a good job. It was profitable. I liked talking to people, so it worked out well. But I was just disenchanted with church as a whole, just what had become of it. And I, I didn't know what to make of it. And it got worse and worse and worse. And uh, I, I re reached a point where in 2007, I had won some awards. They sent me on a trip to Las Vegas for work that I had done with the company and said, well done, good job, attaboy. And um, 2008 rolled around and uh, my wife was working for the school system as a after school program, middle school special uh, program that they had for after school kids. Uh, ended up losing her job because she lost funding. Uh, the school district lost funding for that job. She came home and I just said, hey, we're doing good. No worries. You know, just take some time, do what you want to do, and then we'll revisit it. And 
about a month later, I got called into the office at my job and uh, come to find out it wasn't going to Las Vegas for another awards trip. The crash of real estate happened and uh, they decided they didn't need me anymore. And so I said, okay, well, thank you very much. Went home and realized now she and I were both out of work and uh, kind of looking around twiddling our thumbs. So about a month later, uh, we were sitting at home one night and a policeman came to the door. And when you get a policeman show up at your door at 10 p.m., it's kind of not usually uh, necessarily a good thing. Um, but he knocked on the door and he came and said, hey, I've got some news to tell you. Um, your son took his own life down in a neighboring city. Uh, he hung himself and uh, he passed away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this shriek came out of my wife that I didn't know how to respond to. Um, the next six months was a blur because we just were trying to sort out what we were doing, how we were what we we're dealing with and what we we're existing in and uh, finally decided I need to go back to work you know so I actually found a job and the first day on my new job uh, my friend came in and said hey you need to leave we need to go and I said what do you mean it's my first day on the job I said, no this is important you got to go I said okay uh, your daughter was killed in a car crash last night and your other son um, is in jail and I thought oh Dear Lord, that's serious. And I come to find out we didn't know much because it was in a neighboring state and all this had happened and um, they didn't tell us much. But the day after my son had hung himself, he showed up. They brought him to the morgue where up in our town. And I went in and I pulled the curtain back over him. And um, the moment I saw his neck, the ligature marks, the blood had pooled there around his neck. And I was transported instantaneously into the backyard where he hung himself. And I watched him struggling on the rope. And Yeshua stood with, at him face to face and looked at him for about 45 seconds. And he turned, Yeshua turned and looked at me. Peace settled down over my son. Yeshua turned and looked at me and said, he's going to be okay. And I instantly was back in the morgue. And so I knew there was this transaction that had happened between God and uh, my son. Um, the other time, the next time, my daughter had this car accident uh, and died. I didn't know the details because it was in the next state over. Uh, I'd gone to bed, and I didn't know what was happening, except that I was all of a sudden found myself in this car upside down, getting wet and soaked, and it was filling up with water. And my daughter turned and looked, and she said, Daddy, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And she was stuck in her seatbelt. And the water kept going up, rising. And all of a sudden, I saw Yeshua laying behind her, holding the back of her head. And I said, honey, you're in the best possible place you could possibly be. And then I was back in my bed. And I didn't know about uh, bilocation, transrelocation. I, I, I thought what had happened, I had such an intense encounter and experience that I had worked up this crazy sweat because I was literally wet in bed. Later, the Lord showed me that I had actually been in that place and I had brought the water back from that experience with me in my bed. And uh, I later saw my daughter in a uh, field uh, learning some stuff and I could encounter with her. I saw my son in that same place, but I couldn't talk with him, um, uh, not at that time. And so anyway, that happened towards the end of 2008. At the very end of that year, we ended up losing our house to foreclosure. 
Uh, and all that happened within about an eight-month span of time. Um, the next year and a half just was trying to figure my way out of things. Um, one of the things that was significant, though, is I never lost my belief that God was good and His mercy endured forever. And John 10.10 was my saving scripture. He said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I give life and that more abundantly. And I stood in that place and I said, I love you, Father. I do not set blame your way. I trust you. I know you. You're my God. You're my uh, my Redeemer. You're everything I have need of pertaining to life of God. And I stand here and worship you and worship you and bless your name. And from that day forward, there's this progression of things like the past uh, testimony I described of experiencing heaven and the veil between uh, the earthly realm and the heavenly realm. Um, a little later, some year or two later, I had this encounter at night, and I saw this field with large granite boulders, and I saw people standing on top of them. Some were just standing there with their arms down at their sides, but most of them were looking into heaven and bouncing up and down on this thing, worshiping their God, worshiping their God, worshiping their God. And the boulder would crack open and liquid rivers of gold would pour out of that boulder, that rock. And I said, what am I seeing, Father? And he said, what you're seeing is the pain and the suffering is representative of those boulders. And if you stand on top of that and worship me with your whole heart, mind, and strength, I will crack open and begin to pour out the gold for your life, the thing that I want to do, the the purpose in your life that I want to do. And... I just want to say this, that nobody's immune. Nobody gets out of this life unscathed, pain and suffering. Everybody's got something, some measure of a thing. If you've got unhealed stuff about that, you can find that place, go back to that moment or whatever that thing is, and reset yourself, stand on top of the boulder of that place of pain and suffering, and begin to worship the Most High. Recognize it's not His fault. He's not to blame, and you choose in the midst of all of it to worship him with everything you have in your being, every fiber of who you are, and begin to watch the turning hand of Yahweh on your behalf. Watch the blessings begin to open up. Watch the relationships begin to change. Watch you become setting free in areas of your life that you never knew you had, and he will begin to reveal himself as a living, mighty, powerful God and the journey will become ever so real for you. Um, Blessings to you. That's all I want to share for right now, but I got some good thoughts the next time around we'll talk about and, uh, and talk to you soon. Thanks.